the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afwakwa. Pastor Afwakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Okay, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. The Bible said, Now may the God of peace himself. Somebody say the God of peace himself. <laughs> Sanctify you completely. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of Jesus. Somebody say, My soul. My spirit and body are preserved unto his coming. The Bible says in the book of Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 and 27, the Bible said, God spoke and said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let's make man to look like, let's make man to function like us. Let's make man to exist and to operate like us. And we saw that God exist as the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. In the creation story, we saw the three of them work together. God said, let's make man in our image. In the beginning, God created. The Bible said the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the deep, and the Spirit of the Lord hovered. So God said, I'm going to create, and then the Spirit of God came into motion, and then the word he spoke created everything. We are told in the book of Hebrews that all things were created by the word of his power. He upholds all things by the word of his power. And John chapter 1 says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. All things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. Are you with me here? So we see that God functioned in that order. Our Human nature is also designed to function in that same order. And until we learn to develop the holistic part of our being, there's no way we can live life to the maximum. The Bible said, as many as are led by the Spirit. Somebody say, as led by the Spirit. They are the sons of God. If you read the epistles, we are to live in the Spirit. We are to be led by the Spirit. We are to bear fruit of the Spirit. The Christian life is lived in the Spirit. Somebody says, live in the spirit. Say, it's live in the spirit. Uh-huh. So you really, really have to know how to live life from your spirit and not from your flesh and your mind. There are three levels you can live. You can live from the region of your soul. You can live from the region of your body. And you can also live from the region of your spirit. For you to have the best out of life, you must learn to live from your spirit. And this thing we are talking about is not just for believers, but once you are born again, you have to become conscious of that 
part of you. Because whether you are born again or you are not, you have it. You have it. You have it. There are people who are not born again per se, but they have learned to train their spirit in such a way that they can pick signals. They can pick signals. They can tell somebody is going to die and true to their words, it comes to pass. Because the spirit knows. Your spirit knows things. Your spirit sees things. And for you who is born again, that is how God expects you to function. He expects you to live life from your spirit. Somebody say, from my spirit. Okay, so we began exploring that we are one in three. Man is man. He's whole. But man as whole, he exists in three states. He's a spirit, he has a soul, and he lives in a body. And yesterday we talked about the body. We saw how Paul describes the body. He said the body is what? A tent. Somebody said the body is a tent. Paul said the body is a tent. Peter also said the body is a tent. It's the visible outward part of you. That is the part of you you can relate with the world. So with your body, you relate with the world. You can tell that the atmosphere is warm or is cold based on your body. It connects to the world around you through your five senses. And then we said that your body doesn't make the choices. And today we'll touch on it. Your body responds to the choices some other part of your existence makes. So your body really is at the mercy of the two aspects of your being we are going to be talking about tonight. Okay, your body is subject to the choices of your soul. Your body will either cease to work, be caught up in the rapture, or decay. And then of course we said that when you are born again, at the rapture your body shall be changed into a new body. Yesterday we saw it from the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 51 to 54. Amen. Today, we want to look at the soul. Somebody say the soul. Uh-huh. So, the soul. He said, made your whole spirit, soul, and body. Let's see if we can touch on the soul and the spirit. And we say when we talk about the soul, the Greek word is suke. And it means anything that has to do with the intellect, the mind. So, your soul is some part of your body you need to appreciate. Scripture talks about your soul. And scripture helps us to appreciate that the soul is different from. In fact, uh, psychology will tell you that the body is divided into two. They believe that you have a soul and then you have a physical body. So with your soul, you relate to the conscious world. And then with your body, you relate to the environment around you. But scripture tells us we exist in three forms. Amen? That's what we are told in scripture. Many people sometimes even consider that the soul and the spirit are one, but they are not the same. Amen? Scripture tells us in the book of Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12, Look at what the Bible says. He said, for the word of God is quick and powerful. Somebody say, the word is quick and powerful. Then he says, it's sharper, sharper than a surgical knife. Sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to the dividing. Somebody say dividing. Dividing. Yeah, dividing the spirit. The word of God can divide. He said, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit. If they were one, you couldn't divide them. But God's word can bring clear distinction between the soul. The things that go on in your soul, if you want to know whether they are true or not, you have to subject them to the word of God. The word of God helps you to be able to tell. He said, of the joints and the marrow, your joints and your marrow are not the same. Are they? Are they the same? They are not the same. So, in the same way, and he's a designer of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So, there are intents and there are thoughts. Intents and thoughts are not the same. 
do you understand? So he's talking about a number of things that are not the same. Intents and thoughts are not the same. The soul and the spirit are not the same. The joints and marrow are not the same. So how do I distinguish all of these? Let's pick up a few facts about your soul. One, the soul is a dimension of man who deals with the mental or intellectual realm. That is the dimension of man which deals with the mental or intellectual realm. Your soul houses your will, your intellect, and your emotions. Somebody say, my soul houses my will, my intellect, and my emotions. Now, most of us have heard that man is a free moral agent. How many of you have heard that before? Man is a free moral agent. So, where do you make your moral choices or otherwise from? It's from your soul. Yeah. Man has a free will to decide on what he wants to do with his life. And this is something that man had. God gave to man from creation. So that when you are serving God, you have made a choice to serve him. That's why Joshua told them that if it does not please you to serve God, choose ye these days whom you serve. But as for me and my family, my house, we will serve the Lord. It's a choice. It's a choice. So we say that the soul is the dimension that involves our emotions, our will, and our intellect. Choices and decisions are made from our soul. Somebody say choices and decisions are made from our soul. Yeah, that's where it comes from. Unlike the body, the soul is not visible. You don't see the soul, but it's there. You feel it. It's in your soul you can feel depressed. It's in your soul you can feel joyful and excited. All of that happens in your soul. The soul is the gateway to your spirit and heart. The soul is the gateway. Whatever enters your soul is gaining access into your spirit. That is where the soul becomes very, very, very important. So you can be born again. And because you are allowing wrong things access into your soul, you'll be going in the wrong direction. That's why you can be a Christian and can be making some wrong, wrong decisions, wrong, wrong choices. Because when your soul is not yielded to the word of God, it's not allowed to be transformed by the word of God, your soul can lead you astray. So your spirit is new. Your spirit is saved. Your spirit is sanctified, but your soul is not. And that is why it becomes very, very important what we do with our souls. The kind of environment we expose our soul to. Your soul is like, your soul, unlike your body is, yes, your soul like your body, number five. Your soul like your body is not born again and becomes saved and transformed by the renewing of your mind. Somebody say, my soul. Like my body is not born again. You remember in the book of uh, James, I think James, James 1.21, he said, Wherefore laying apart all filthiness and what? Superfluity of naughtiness. Let us receive meekness, the engrafted word which is able. Somebody say, which is able. Which is able to do what? Yeah, if your soul was saved at the new birth, he won't say that. He says, what has capacity to save your soul from self-destruction is the word of God. Again, we are told in the book of Romans 12, 2, be not conformed to this word, but be transformed by the renewing. Somebody say the renewing. Say the renewing. Uh, So, what to do with your soul to bring your soul in alignment with your spirit is to renew your mind. Renew your mind. That process is a continuous process. And as long as you live, you will have to constantly do that. 
It's not something you do and you stop. Our spirit is renewed day by day. Our mind is also constantly being renewed day by day. This is the part that is very crucial for me. Number six, your soul decides whether you'll be ruled by the Holy Spirit or you'll be ruled by your flesh. Somebody say, my soul. Say, my soul. Decides whether I will be ruled by the Holy Spirit or I'll be ruled by my flesh. Yeah. Yeah. The body is waiting for instruction. So, when the soul comes into alignment with the body, your spirit takes a lower position. But when the soul comes into agreement or is in synergy with your spirit, your body takes the lower position and then you are able to do the will of God. I'm, I'm giving you the basis why some people can be saved. Somebody can be born again and is still working in carnality. Because you can be born again, your spirit is saved, your spirit is sanctified, but you have yielded your soul. Your soul has not been yielded to the word of God, the influences of the word of God to the extent that it's not taking the better part of you. So dominance is given to your flesh instead of your spirit. Now let's look at the spirit. The spirit in the Greek is pneuma. There are a number of terms. You see, that's what the Bible says that we should rightly divide the word of truth. The word of God must be rightly divided because if the word is not rightly divided, you can just, some people see spirit and any spirit they see, they think is the Holy Spirit. It's not every spirit in scripture that represents the Holy Spirit. It's not every spirit in scripture that even represents your human spirit. And it's not every spirit in scripture that also represents attitude. Yeah. The Bible said Daniel had an excellent spirit. He's not talking about the Holy Spirit or your hidden man. He's just talking about a good attitude. He had a wonderful attitude. That's it. He has such a sweet spirit. When somebody says somebody has a sweet spirit, it doesn't mean that the spirit in him is sweet. They don't taste spirit. Now, in scripture, the spirit is referred to in a number of ways. First Peter 3, he says, but let it be the hidden man of the heart. Somebody say the hidden man. The hidden man of the heart. He's talking about your spirit. From verse 3. Let's start from verse 3. He said, Who's adorning? Let it not be the outward adorning of the plating of hair. Where do you plate your hair? You don't plate your soul. You plate your body. He said, Don't let it be the plating of your hair or of the wearing of gold. Where do you put your ring? On your finger. But he said, Let it be of the hidden man of the heart. Your inner man, the cryptos man, that is what the Greek says. The cryptos man, the unseen man, he's unseen and yet he's very powerful. That is your spirit. This spirit we are talking about is not the Holy Spirit, mind you. We are not talking about the Holy Spirit here. We are talking about your human spirit. Your human spirit. The reason why God could come to Adam and fellowship with Adam was because Adam's human spirit was in fellowship. It was right. It had not been corrupted. That time, sin had not come in. So, Adam's spirit was perfect and he could fellowship with God. God came in the cool of the day so he could fellowship with man. That's why when we are born again in our times, when you get born again, the Holy Spirit takes residence in you. And he takes residence not in your body as in your physical structure. He comes to live in your spirit. Is it your spirit? The Holy Spirit lives. The Holy Spirit does not live in your body. He lives in your body as your body being a tent for your human spirit. But the actual place the Holy Spirit lives is your spirit. Look at this. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 16. That he will grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit. 
That spirit that has to do with the Holy Spirit. In the inner man. In the inner man. In the inner man. There is the inner you that controls you. When it takes dominance over your life, you live a life of victory. You bear the fruit of the spirit out of your inner man. Am I communicating here? It's also important that we get these fundamentals right because if you don't understand this, you will think that you are not even saved sometimes. And sometimes we call people who are saved unsaved because we judge them by their solical behavior or some body-led behaviors. No, you have to understand it for yourself and you also have to be able to relate it to, with other people. So you are careful how you judge people. Okay? All right. The Bible says, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. Somebody said the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. Job 32 verse 8, he said there's a spirit in what? In man and the inspiration of the Almighty given him understanding. There's a spirit in man. There's a spirit in man. That spirit he's talking about is not the Holy Spirit. There's a spirit in man that the spirit of God works with. Facts about your human spirit. Number one, this is the part of you that deals with the spiritual realm. That is a part of you. It's your human spirit. So, everybody, there is a hunger for the supernatural in every human being. In every human being, there is a hunger, there is a vacuum in you for the supernatural because essentially you are spirit. So, there is always, if you will not give that place to God, you will give it to something else. You will always, there is no human being who is like, I'm a natural man. No, there is nobody like that. It's either God is in charge or something else is in charge. Because that spiritual vacuum has to be filled anyway, anyhow. So, the part of you that deals with the supernatural, God is spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Number two, your spirit is the real you and is eternal. Your spirit is the real you and is eternal. Somebody say, my spirit, my spirit. is the real me and is eternal. Yeah, we are told, just as the body without the spirit is dead, what gives life? Your spirit is the life-giving part of your being. In the book of 2 Corinthians 5, verse 1, he said, for we know that if our earthly house, this tent, and he's talking about your body, is destroyed, there is one that cannot be destroyed. That's what Paul was saying. He said, for though our outward man perishes, the inward man is renewed day by day. When you learn to train your spirit, no matter what is happening on your outside, you survive. Because the greatest strength you have is not in your mind. The greatest strength you have is not in your soul. The greatest strength you have is in your spirit. That's what the Bible said. If a man faith in the day of adversity, his strength in his spirit is more. So as you learn to feed your flesh by giving it food, you must learn to feed your spirit. That's what this teaching is about. Developing your human spirit. Because all that God will do with you, all that you can ever accomplish in your life as a Christian is all dependent on how well you develop your spirit. You see, when your spirit is well developed, there is nothing that will happen around you that you will know. And you don't have to be a prophet. When you are born again, really, and your spirit is well developed, you don't work with surprises. Things happen, and it's either you see the Holy Spirit gives you some kind of a picture. How many of you have had things happen in your life, and it's as if you have seen it somewhere before? Lift up your hands. Where did you see it? You think you saw it in your where? <laughs> That's the Spirit of God showing it to you. 
Some people call it, there's a hunch. It's not a hunch. <laughs> Something is telling me. That's the language I don't want any member in this house to use. <laughs> you should know that God is leading you. He will guide you. Amen. I said he will guide you. Amen. Number three, it is through your spirit you know fellowship and serve God. Somebody say, it is through my spirit. Say, it is through my spirit. I know I fellowship and I serve God. Yeah. yeah. It is through my spirit. It is through your spirit. So you really, 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 really. Some of you can wake up and say, I, I don't feel like God is, God is close to me. You don't have to feel it. He's there. Your feelings are lying to you. So you wake up with depression and going up and down. You are not sure because you are listening to your feelings rather than listening to your spirit. He says, God is a spirit. And if you are going to worship him, you have to worship him in spirit and in in spirit and in Romans chapter 1 verse 9. For God is my witness whom I serve with my with my with my in the gospel of his son. You serve God with your spirit. Serve God with your spirit. Paul was speaking. He said, for if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit he wasn't talking about the Holy Spirit. My spirit pray it. My understanding is unfruitful. My spirit pray it. So some people have a difficulty. How can you say it's a supernatural language and you, you can just uh, pray it at will? Yes, it's because our spirit is the one that is in charge. Yeah. If I, the Bible said they began to speak in an unknown tongue as the spirit gave them utterance. They began to speak. Not that the Holy Spirit moved them to speak. Number four. The spirit of man became corrupted and separated from God when Adam sinned against God. This is where the challenge came. And the whole idea of Jesus coming to die, the whole idea going to the cross, coming on earth, being crucified, all that was done so that God could come back to man and leave him man. Yeah. That's all that Jesus came to do. Yeah. The spirit of God used to live in Adam. Because Adam's spirit was pure. When Adam gave in to sin, he lost out. The Bible said unto him, he said, the Lord God commanded the man and said, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you, may eat, you shall not eat. For the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. But you remember that after Adam ate it, God came and he was talking to him. Where are you? He said, I heard your voice and I was afraid. So he didn't die physically, but he died spiritually. He became separated from God. That death he's talking about, that's why he said, I heard your voice, I was afraid. He couldn't fellowship with God like he used to. And so in the book of Ephesians chapter 2, he said, you who were dead, that was what had happened to Adam. Adam died spiritually. That's it. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. Your spirit was not alive to God, but God now has made you alive. Somebody say, I'm alive. I'm alive. Say, I'm alive. Say, I'm alive. alive. You are alive to God. Unbelievers are not alive to God. That's why the Bible says, the natural man cannot receive the things of the spirit. They are foolishness unto him. They are not alive unto spiritual things. But you are alive. Thank God you are alive. Somebody say, I'm alive. Say, I'm alive. When you were saved, it is your spirit that got born again. And this is where sometimes we miss it. When we say somebody is born again, it doesn't mean his body is born again. 
It doesn't mean his mind is born again. The part of him that is born again is his spirit. Somebody say he's his spirit. Say, when I got born again, my spirit is that part of me that got born again. John chapter 3 verse 3 to 6. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a man be born again. John 3. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nebuchadnezzar said unto him, How can a man be born again when he's old? Can he enter into the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is what? Read that with me. That which is born of the flesh is what? That which is born of the spirit is spirit. So, when you are born of the spirit of God, you are spirit. When the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, is a new creature. He's talking about a new spirit. Uh, Ezekiel prophesied that in Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26 to 27. He said, a new heart also I will give you. A new spirit I will put into you. He was not talking about the Holy Spirit. He was talking about giving you a spirit that is alive and responsive to God. Somebody say an amen. amen. Say an amen. amen. Before a person is born again, the Holy Spirit works with the word of God to bring conviction to his spirit. And then the spirit comes to the awareness that is lost and it then is regenerated and it becomes responsive to God. Look at this. First Peter chapter 1 verse 23. Being born again not of what? Corruptible seed. By the word of God. That's why the word of God is important. Because that becomes the means through which the Holy Spirit brings conviction to our hearts. Titus 3 verse 4 to 5. But after the kindness and love of our Lord Jesus Christ toward man appear, not of works of righteousness which I have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. And renewing of the Holy Ghost. Number six. At the moment you are born again, your spirit is made righteous. Somebody say an amen. amen. The moment you are born again, your spirit is made righteous. Your spirit is as perfect as Christ himself. That's why there is no condemnation before, before God. What the Bible said, there is now therefore no condemnation because your spirit, there, there, there is no contamination, condemnation whatsoever in your spirit. In your spirit, you are just like Christ. Are you with me here? Yeah, that's it. There's no condemnation. You are pure. You are the righteousness of God because that's what truly happened. Your spirit was made alive. Your spirit was purified and sanctified. Why? Because the moment you got born again, the Holy Ghost took residence in your spirit. That, that is what happened. So you look at 1 Corinthians 3 verse 16. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple? And that God's spirit dwells in you. Somebody say the spirit of God dwells in me. Now that's why you don't have to take your relationship with the Holy Spirit for granted. All that Jesus came to do, the cross, the price he paid, the ultimate was that God should live in man. That's the ultimate. That God will live in man. God will live in man. Under the Old Testament, they didn't have that privilege. God will come and talk to men. And go back. His spirit will move men. But today he lives in us. Whatever he could use something to do. When he will come upon him. He can do a thousand times more with you. Are you hearing what I'm teaching at all? That's why the Bible says. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly. Above all that you can. According to the power that is at work in you. So when he says. Greater is he that is in me. 
than he that is in the world. You are talking about the one that's living in your spirit. Somebody say, God is at work in me. God is alive in me. I'm uncommon. I'm uncommon. I carry divinity in this humanity. In the name of the Lord Jesus. I function with the wisdom of God. I am like God. My nature is his nature. I function with his thoughts. In the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. He that is in me is greater than he that is in the world. I win in all things. My spirit guides me. My spirit leads me. With my spirit, I fellowship with God. With my spirit, I have an awareness of God. With my spirit, I can sense God. With my spirit, I can experience God. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I am not a stranger to the supernatural. The supernatural is natural with me. My life is that of the supernatural. I live in the supernatural. I function in the supernatural. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I declare by faith that my spirit takes dominance over my soul, over my spirit. My body shall not be in charge. My mind shall not be in charge. My spirit shall take control. In the name of the Lord Jesus, 2023, I function with the mind of God. 2023, I function with the mind of God. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I walk in super blessings by the Spirit of God. In Jesus' precious name, lift up your voice and we're going to thank God for his presence and work in him. If you want to accept Jesus and make him your Lord and Savior, you want to say this prayer after me. Mean every word and then believe it in your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I confess that you are my Lord and my Savior. I believe with my heart that you died and rose again for me. By my belief, I am justified. And by my confession, I am saved. Thank you for saving me in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. If you pray that prayer in faith, you are a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God bless you. We look forward to having you join us again and again. We are blessed. Pastor Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our service at our headquarter church from 8.30 a.m. to 11 a.m. for our good news service. And on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Our church auditorium is located on the top floor of Nanama Ejakuma Plaza opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santata Runabout, Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on Embassy of Life Chapel, Facebook or YouTube pages. God richly bless you. Oh, no, no, no.